0: Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah, welcome to another tinfoil hat, you know who I am, you know what I'm here to do, joining me as always, the one and only XG and the place to be, what's up, how are you dude, I'm doing great, big week for us, big week, about to hit big old Texas my friend, that's right, it is time for the alien shot, JFK tour live in two different spots. We're going to be in Plano, Texas, which is pretty much Dallas. Uh, Plano, Texas at Hyenas, 80 o'clock show. Uh, just go to SamTripley.com, click the link, and you will be able to buy tickets there. And then the next night, Houston, is, and Houston is coming out in force. Tickets are moving very quickly, so if you're going to go... Please grab your tickets now. And again, we're going to be at The Secret Group, okay? Uh, go to samtriple.com, Grab those tickets. And then July 6th, Tinfoil Hat is at the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. Go to RecRoomHB.com. Grab those tickets. I'm pretty sure that's going to sell out. I'm pretty sure. So that's what's going on with that. We have T-shirts for sale. Brand new T-shirts. Go to Hat. Shirts.com. We got some loyal to the foil rocking right there. Uh, we got the brand new ninjas, the Ronins, you name it. It's all good. be there. And uh, we're going to have some special uh, new shirts about to pop up. Some uh, Suicided Squad shirts and some uh, Alien Shot JFK shirts. Those will be up soon. Uh, Wu-Tang for the uh, tinfoil hat is for the people. Okay, uh, have you been watching the Wu-Tang thing at all on on uh, Showtime? No, I not Oh, do? you got to watch it. We're the new Wu-Tang, by the way. Just let your friends know. Go to <laughs> patreon.com, backslash Tim Hat. great way to support the show. Uh, Conspiracies Now is the hot new show everybody's talking about. Yes, the voices in my head are saying it is awesome. Uh, XG joins me every week And we talk to different comedians About their conspiracy thoughts We just had Megan Holiday And the people from uh, And the cast of We Three Trolls Podcast And the children love it It was fun It gets fucking crazy Bobby Lee showed up the other time Bobby Lee showed up Talked cool. some mad shit <laughs> And uh, it's you never know who's going to drop in dude It is the world's worst Best uh, uh, Public access oh. show on the internet And you get free weed if you show up And you get free weed I mean, what kind of world do we live in? A world that has an awesome conspiracy public access show where you get free weed and you never know what chick's going to show up and give you weird looks. <laughs> Guys, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Nutsack. That's right. It is the perfect bag for everyday carry. A perfect bag. High quality materials, craftsmanship, American wax canvas, American leather, American labor, American bag for Americans. Okay. Strong water resistant. Lifetime guarantee. That's right. Nutsack. Lifetime guarantee, dude. No more stuffed pockets. No more sitting on your wall like Casanza, okay? No more fanny packs. That's right. We are a perfect bag for everyday Americans, dude. And right now, Nutsack is offering listeners $5 off the first purchase. That's money you could put for weed, for bear, for maybe some blue chew boner pills. We don't know. (laughs) To receive your $5 discount, visit Nutsack. Now that's N U T S A C dot com, okay? And use the promo code TINFOILHAT. Now, just make sure you know it's uh, all capital letters. One more time that's N U T S A C dot com. No K, dude. No K. Nutsack's designed and manufactured for Americans, okay? Our customers praise us for our thoughtful, car- crafted bag designs, the quality of the material and the craftsmanship, and the personal care we have with every interaction with our customers. So we want to thank you, our good friends at Nutsack. Well, guys, uh, the show just keeps getting bigger and bigger and uh joining us he's uh this is his fourth time on the show some might call him a serious regular i call him one of the family please welcome straight from japan the one and only ryan dawson how are you ryan
1: fourth time not wearing pants too. dude my god I'm always wearing the robe including at the comedy store dude. y'all don't know because you couldn't see the uh the camera at the comedy store, but I was walking around in my robe and underwear there, too. How, how
0: often do you get into L.A.?
1: Um, At least once a year, sometimes two or three times.
0: Perfect. We're going to do it
1: again. Those glasses
0: are great, dude. Nothing He's says Japanese life. like those fucking glasses. <laughs> exactly. That is straight up Japan. Thug life. So what's going on in Japan right now? Talk to me.
1: Oh, I just had five Americans over here that was entertaining. I think they lost their minds. All of them uh, are trying to plan on how to come back and live here.
0: Why That's, do uh, Why do Americans love living in Japan so much? Is it that their dicks are bigger? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I think they love it here because of the level of personal freedom. Like you can drink outside as an adult, and you won't get arrested for having an open container. <laughs>
0: Like, where, where did we get away? Can, where do we lose our way with that? When do we allow the micromanaging of our lives by Big Brother? Where did that happen?
1: Well, it's sad because you see a lot of people looking to Asia and other places for free speech. You, I know you know what happened with YouTube recently. I got demonetized. I got caught up in all that. Um, I'm lucky to even be on. They erased me in February and had to get my channel back. Like every time I climb up. Um, they'll race me and I got to go get subs and everything again. And I lost over 3000 videos and, you know, and so people are looking to, they're looking for payment processors. They're looking for platforms. They're looking uh, for alternatives and uh, it's not in America. They got to go outside the United States to find a place where you can say something, anything to the right of Karl Marx. Otherwise, you know, you're literally Hitler and a Nazi Um, it's funny though, because on YouTube, you can push all the war propaganda you want and you can push all the conspiracy you want, as long as it's the ones they like, like Russiagate. You can, you can talk to your blue in the face about something like that. Uh, but you can't get into what I got into. And then, you know, you may have heard some of the pictures of the dancing Israelis, the first show we ever did. They got released. Yep. On May 7th.
0: It's just so weird that they get released and with the redacted on, it's like, what is the point of that? What is the point of releasing them with redacted heads?
1: Yeah. It I mean, we like- already have their names, and, and we have pictures of them. We have their mug shots. So what I did is I took their mug shots from the police department and put it on top of the squares. It's not exactly the same because they, they didn't have the big smiles in their mug shots that they had when they were celebrating 9-11. But, and I matched them to the bodies, which is pretty easy to do because you know what they were wearing, and you just you know match it to the clothing. So I mean, when I've they're, they're in thing.
0: when they're over there talking about they're there to document the event. I mean, like, what more do we need? What more do we need?
1: Well, we have more than that because we've got eyewitnesses that pulled them out of the police lineup that seen them and their van there as early as eight in the morning, which is forty six minutes before the first plane hits. It's we have way more than that actually, but yeah. It's documenting the event it's like okay uh, it's the most documented event in history probably everybody was filming after the first plane hit but they were there before the first plane hit so you can't document an event uh that you don't know is about to happen
0: i couldn't agree they did more know. i couldn't yeah. agree more and it's just ugly and the only thing i'm gonna say about this whole youtube thing like my my videos are getting demonetized but I've always been uh, in life. I've been demonetized, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like performing. I've always been like pushed to these fringe areas. So I'm used to this, which is why, like, I come from the world of podcasting where we've always had to go out and get our own sponsorship. So I find these people sponsor me. So what I would I would tell YouTubers is to go find sponsorship. Find companies that want to sponsor, get beyond YouTube's control. So if they, they de- like I get a sponsorship on a podcast, I get more, I get more money from that than anything that YouTube was going to be paying me. So I don't really care about the demonization because that's not really how I made But that doesn't mean it's not a real issue. But for me, I'm kind of used to that. What I, I'm upset about is if they start wiping channels off because to They're me both. is yep. that's book burning and what they are mm-hmm. doing is empowering these thoughts which is you know what what happened during the holocaust what happened during sandy hook the fact that that um home remedies or you know homeopathic cures are even in that group is just either done on purpose to get you kind of second guessing Or we know who owns YouTube and what they don't want you to see. So when you you get people, you're told they can't look at this. The first thing they want to do is look at that. It's the same thing with any other vice or like drugs, alcohol, sex. When you tell people they can't do something, the first thing they want to do is go and do that. They want to go and they want to see, how, oh, what's this pornography about? What's this drug about? What's this booze about? And you empower it. So in a weird way, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. And it's like if these things are so crazy that you think they're so stupid and retarded, let people see. Let people see it so yeah. they realize how dumb it is. It
1: makes it more alluring that the Holocaust is a good example because because you can actually go to jail for – saying 5,999,999 died uh, in most European countries. And the fact that it's so taboo makes it appear as if there's something huge to hide and they have no argument against it. And so when someone says there's uh, glass windows in Majdanek or something like that, they go, ooh, and they're not hearing, see, this is the other thing, they're not hearing the rebuttals to those things either because they're not hearing any dialogue at all. So what they'll do is they'll go off YouTube or wherever. They will find this stuff anyway without any kind of um, counter argument And they'll get sucked down into a hole. And you'll end up with more revisionists and deniers and stuff than ever before. It's better to have sunshine. But that's not what they do. And YouTube is all about denying tragic events. I had a video pulled called... Palestinians are people, too. <laughs> that was hate speech. Wow. <laughs> it's called Palestinians are people, too. I had the, another one erased called Christmas in Palestine. And the whole video is just showing that, you know, Bethlehem, where Jesus is born in that story, and uh, you know, Palestinian Santa Claus and Christmas trees and stuff, because I thought a lot of people forget 25% of Palestine is Christian. And they're having... Uh, um. Christmas celebration. Usually the Israelis come and shoot them or throw them in jail or beat up Santa and stuff, but this one, nothing bad happened, (laughs) but it didn't matter if they pulled that video. They don't want the world to see these people as people. Uh, They got to dehumanize them. So I had another video pulled where I was condemning the settlers that went in and set a house on fire, which killed a family, including burning a baby to death, and they only got 10 months detention and were taken out of jail. That got pulled. So YouTube's actually defending baby killers. Uh, so you're allowed to deny, or you're not allowed to at least uh, report on tragic events when it's uh, part of the narrative that, that YouTube decides. Yeah. So if you want to talk about conspiracies about uh, Assad gassing his own people and giving a war propaganda for Iran, they got rid of Press TV, the Iranian state television that I'm often on. A week, the week that they sent carriers into the Gulf, they just removed Press TV from YouTube. All of it. All the videos, everything. Not just demonetization, like you're saying. And I'm not talking about wouldn't approve a video. for like They just kick you off the partner program. None of your videos ever get monetized. I'm the same boat as you. I never make any money doing that anyway, because every single individual video I had, they'd say this is not appropriate for advertisers, whatever. I did a video of popsicles. Just different color popsicles set to music, and they said this was uh, not a bad, not good for advertisers. But I just think yeah. they're
0: just setting themselves up to empower these things. And the more and more you tell people they can't do, especially when we had the whole BDS movement get banned in a couple countries, and this huge pushback—it's it, it, just ridiculous, man. And you know, me personally. I just think that whole area has been like fought over for so long and it's so sad because at some point the Ottoman Empire came in, kicked out all the Jews, slaughtered them, put in the Palestinians, and that happened there, and
1: then earlier than that- Palestinians were there before the Ottoman Empire. They've been there since ancient times. But you're right, there's been lots of back and forth of- Romans or Ottomans or somebody conquering somebody. That's that- this
0: whole area. So thank you for that correction. I now know I'm wrong. And I appreciate that because I, pref- I would rather know the, the the correct chronological order of everything. But that area has been fought over so long. And I, and I don't even think it's about religion, dude. I really do nah. think it's about it's a land bridge that connects China and Africa to Europe and that they use religion to get people to do their fighting for them. And instead of like, Hey dude, it's really about this port and just arts being able to control commerce from these two giant, uh, you know, Asia and Africa, these two continents. And that's just one of the
1: earliest wars was the Suez crisis, uh, in 1956. And it's all, yeah, it was about the British, uh, and the Israelis Fighting over, uh, it's fighting over the Maritime Silk Road is what it's about. Now religion is like always in the background. And religion matters to a place like Saudi Arabia because their monarchy is a theocracy. And it depends on people uh, falling for their version of Sunni Islam up to for them to even exist. And they'll use that for sectarian infighting. But at the end of the day, I see religion as a business too. That it all comes down to economics. The way they're not... You can have religion and be spiritual, but that's not what's going on on the upper levels with uh, supporting theocracies and governments, you know? That's the state, obviously. And that's how they use it. And there are religious zealots that have that become settlers that will colonize Palestine and think God gave them this land based on bloodlines or something. That definitely exists. I but agree But as with that. far as why the U.S. and all these other people are supporting this stuff... It all comes down to the Benjamins, which is what uh, a congressman pointed out, Congressman Omar, and they jumped all down her throat and called her anti-Semitic and all that. And that's such a canard. Like, yelling racism is, uh, is the extreme leftist defense for everything. Like, whatever you do, oh, you're either sexist, racist, xenophobic, something, you know, some epithet like that. And it's almost never the case. They just don't have... A better thing to say but it works like screaming hitler is still working like anytime the u.s. wants to invade a new country they just say so and so is a new hitler uh Achmed and, and that they're Johnson's gassing hitler. their Dom's people Dom's and hitler. Yeah. and <laughs> we just
0: hear it over and over again i i agree with you on that i mean but for me like at the highest levels and maybe you and i won't agree with this and your research is probably better than mine but at the highest levels, I've always believed that it's, it's like these, these, these religions that people walk around with, like Judaism, Islam, Christianity, these, like, I feel at the very highest levels that they just wear those as masks to walk amongst us. And at the highest levels, they're, they're either like Saturnists or they're like these dark arts. Like, to me, the Saudi royal family isn't as... As Islamic as people would might that they just use that to be able to control their masses and stuff like that, but at the yes, highest levels, I
1: mean, that that's what like, re- that's what organized arms. religion is for. And they're, I mean, these the Saudi royals are involved in the most debauchery of anybody. They're the ones having Eastern Europeans flown in on yachts and taking prostitutes so they can poo on their faces and do all kinds of debauchery and it's just and cages and uh, <laughs> disgusting stuff. And like it might as well be satanic or whatever, because the stuff that they do and the kind of fetishes they're into, the pedophilia and the rest of it, is obviously not what's ri- that's not what's written in the text, right? You're not supposed to be doing those things. And of course, they're driven to that. And you look at the upper echelons of the Catholic Church and stuff, and they're always getting caught in man-boy-loving and stuff. And so it's like a story to feed the plebs and control the masses and control your behavior. And uh, Napoleon referred to it as a, a great thing for keeping poor people quiet. It's a way of saying, oh, I well, don't worry. don't Just obey me, and you'll have it good in your next life. Yeah. And that, that's what it boils down to. Well, it's
0: Which almost as though. they're doing whatever what? they want
1: to whoever it's they a want. It's now. You don't question it.
0: Yeah. It's the same thing. Well, I mean, like, with religions, it's because it's like, hey, you have it so bad here, but you're a good person and you're, you're treating... You'll be rewarded later. You'll be rewarded in next life because it's so shitty for you right now. But these people who also have it shitty over here, they don't believe in the same thing you believe in. And they're just they having the same lifestyle you do because they're treated like shit. Well, guess what? They believe in another dude up top. And you get all fighting. When at the top of the levels, I mean, like, dude, Mecca has the black cube of Saturn. I mean, that to And they you, walk around it. Yeah, just, and they walk around it, but it's like, why is that there? You've seen some Judaish fucking religions, they walk around with a black cube on their head. How much black cube shits at the Vatican? At I mean, the, it's like
1: people thought the uh, Pharaoh was a god. You know who must have known that wasn't true? the pharaoh yeah (laughs) they'd have to know they're not it's like dude
0: how am i and i've got fucking diarrhea exactly (laughs) i'm just crushing this toilet that's ungodly right i'd like to think a god doesn't have to take power dumps that's the divine
1: right of kings comes straight from religious authority like what gave you royal blood at all it's like monty python said it's like well how ridiculous is it for you to pull a sword out of a lake and that justifies you governing people but at the same time like How is it any better to say, well, I have special magic royal blood, and so I'm allowed to dictate everything you do, and so is my family forever. I mean, monarchy itself was uh, supported by this idea, all the way back to the pharaohs and so on, from one religion or or another. Uh, Over in Asia, I mean, they had the sun goddess and things like that, and, and the emperor was literally descended from them, and that's the justification for why I get to boss you around. And people accepted it, and it's just
0: like there's this royal, this royal group of leaders, and how all elites are somehow all related. And you know, this is a different discussion Anunnaki and stuff like that. But there's all this—that's
1: <laughs> this. that's a cover.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's possible, but everything has been rich versus poor, which is what I wanted to get into with you. Forever, I've been waiting to do this episode, and it's basically the Battle of Blair Mountain. And I yes. wanted to get into this. How's that for a segue? I wanted so, to get... it beautiful. In. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I've been wanting to hear about this forever because I've always learned the history that we're taught is not real history. It is rewritten history to make those that are um, on top, in power, stay in power, to re- to respect this power structure that's been shoved down our throats, and there's a lot of stuff out there that people don't want to pay attention to. You know, as we see in America, listen, I know there's a lot of rednecks. I know there's a lot of bigoted white guys out there, but there's also a lot of guys who are just trying to live their lives, make a dollar, feed their family, that sacrifice a lot for this country, even if it was in the name of bankers, meaning that at the time they thought they were fighting evil fighting wrong in reality they were making bankers richer but they they did what they could to save freedoms right well this battle of blair mountain seems to have set a precedence that we are reaping today that i feel that like people need to understand and you brought this up. part of the
1: game is to get the poor to fight with each other and so you have to realize in the united states at least that whites are the largest demographic still are And that also means poor whites are the largest demographic of poor people. And they are. And uh, they're the largest demographic of wealthy people, too. The largest demographic of everything. Because there's more whites than there are anyone else in the United States. So they want uh, to make uh, people uh, trash poor white people. And and try to label poor white people as prejudiced and racist and all that. To get them to fight with all the other poor people. This is dividing the poor and getting them at each other's throats. And so, redneck and trash and stuff like that, there are people in that group that do fit the bill, of who, have, who just fit the stereotype. But there are plenty of people that, especially getting into what we're talking about, not at all. They're just fighting for their rights. And that's what happened at Blair Mountain. And there were songs about this. and it just sort of faded from history. All these events did. The, the rebellion in Athens, Tennessee, the Colorado coalfields, the Logan County, the, all these armed rebellions against the U.S. government are, they don't want you to know what happened in the real labor movement with the, the real liberals, you could say, the real Democrats. They, um, they would rather you wear a pussy hat and yell at signs and call people <laughs> Nazis, or whatever, Like, like, but what happened is, if you want to say like why we, how we fought to keep an eight-hour workday and a lot of the labor rights that we have, the fact that you even get paid in money, because that wasn't the case. People think slavery ended in the, after the Civil War. Uh-uh. I mean, we still enslaved the Chinese and had them build on railroads, but a lot of these logging and mining companies especially would not even pay people, all people. This isn't a black-white thing. I mean, everyone got paid in script. So, and script can only be spent at the company store. So imagine that. Your employee gives you this monopoly money, worse than the regular monopoly money, that you can't even go and spend where you want. You can only spend it back on stores that the same company owns. So they're just recycling their cash back to themselves, which allows them to mark up prices to whatever they want, which is you know, keeping you on the bare minimum, keeping you dependent every day. And a lot of them would, like, for miners, they'd rent the equipment to them. So your little pickaxe and whatever and your helmet and stuff that you have, you had to rent that from the company.
0: Oh, my God. Using the
1: money that the company paid you, which was script, so you couldn't even save it or pull it together or anything like that. And if you tried to unionize uh, to increase your wages or to to, to get paid in money or to break any of these, uh, like, they had them. Uh, your, your your housing was also the company. Everything was the company. You are a slave, and if you tried to fight against that, uh, they would bring in these um, strike breakers. Usually, private detective companies. That's how it was back in the day. Like, oh yeah, the, these these policing agencies. Because police were new. We didn't have police until they started using cops to catch runaway slaves. That's when the first police were introduced wow. to do. Really. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have we didn't if you go back, there were no police until they until the fugitive slave laws and they started organizing police forces and their purpose was to catch slaves and return them back to the plantation. Wow. Oh my god,
0: I never knew that. You just blew my mind, we're dog. People are like oh, those. but
1: my roads, my cops, my this like, well we've got along fine without any we policed ourselves. But, well, so now you so you enter a period where you had the sheriff right the sheriff the town sheriffs, and stuff that would uphold the law um, but in this case, what happened was it got so bad in this area, these few three counties in West Virginia where a lot of coal mining took place, and they're not the first rebellion, but they I think they might have been the largest um over a million rounds are going to be fired in this battle against the government. what happened is but the reason these people were rebelling is because of the insane labor conditions. There's child labor. Uh, and they, what they tried to do is to form a union. And so these companies, the uh, I think it was called the, it might have been iron and coal together, I believe. But these coal companies, they came in with these strike breakers. And they started kicking people out of their houses and put them in union tents. So that was the punishment. They still want you to live. They need you there to work. But you're not even gonna live in your little log cabin anymore. You're gonna be living in a tent in a tent town. Yeah. Sounds
0: like what's going on today, man. It sounds like in LA every nobody can afford (laughs) housing. So they're all living in tents, homeless. And it's just like this is the thing of labor. And again, this is what drives me crazy about Hollywood liberals, man. They just love to stick up. For Clinton economics, even when it's not good. And that includes free trade. This notion that it's like, like, hey, dude, it's free market, whatever. It's like, dude. They, t- you you think Mexicans are coming for jobs? Stop Mexicans. Lizard people pull your fucking jobs, send it to somewhere where they're not paying anything, and nobody makes any money. And then they make money off of you going to jail or you buying their drugs. They're collecting dollars every way at every moment of this bullshit process. Well, and they're about to not pay no one with AI. Like the truckers, the truckers are all protesting because. They're just going to end up not working. I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. It's just it's, like that's what they do. They just keep taking away yeah. the, uh, the, the the ability to make money mm. and they wonder and – then, and then they just keep raising their prices so nobody can afford anything.
1: Well, undermining labor and the most disgusting thing is it's in the name of free trade but it's the exact opposite. Like the reason – uh, the reason it started with Mexico, for example, okay. it started. They hit the uh, agricultural sector of Mexico. That's why you get this stereotype of fruit pickers. You had all these people that used to work in big agriculture. Um, you know, getting fruit was one of the things they would get, I suppose. But they would flood the cities because they lost their jobs, and they lost their jobs because the giant uh, government subsidized agribusiness of the United States moved into Mexico. Uh, leased or bought the land and and brought in and undermined these workers and it's not you 're not having fair market competition when uh, the United States farmers and ranchers are paid to produce whereas others are have to actually sell products to make money you you have u s farmers can pour milk into the ground and still get paid because it 's all based on production because of farm subsidies well, farm subsidies is government welfare. So how are the Mexicans supposed to compete with giant government welfare of the United States? They can't. So they changed occupation. The first thing the agrarian workers did is they flooded into the cities. Well, when you flood into the cities and you have a large excess labor pool, it drives wages down because you have an expendable labor force. You have all these people who need jobs uh, who left one sector and flooded into another. So that drives the prices down in that sector for everything else, manufacturing, retail, etc., so, then even more people are unemployed or you know at lower wages. So, what do they do? They try and enter the United States and get a job over there. Yep. yep. It, but it was like if it's the U.S.'s own action that caused the detriment of the Mexican economy, which is why they're having uh, excess labor going to the United States, which is what the corporations want, so they can rinse and repeat in the United States what they just did to Mexico. Yep. If you got rid of the government welfare, which is what kicked this whole thing off, and that's just one example for you. Which they call free trade, which is the exact opposite of free trade. Then you wouldn't be in this situation, and you wouldn't have an immigrant problem. And you would, but they never look at striking the root. They just look like, well, Mexico's just poor; it just is, no reason, and they just come over and tear our jobs or whatever. And like that—that's not what happened. But
0: they always so they, start the
1: story in the middle and they react to their own provocations.
0: So they basically uh, pay America. They now there's also the American farmers getting fucked. You have Monsanto's uh, basically suing all of them because— Yeah, I'm
1: talking about the, the corporate farms. I'm yep. talking about—it's they, they're it's over 90% of it is all yeah. corporate farms.
0: Yeah, that was what Farm Aid was trying to support, the independent farmer, and then that all crashed and burned. And, and now these giant corporations have bought everything, and they're selling everything. And now, so they've screwed Mexico, and they're screwing America— and it's making it impossible to make a dollar by just flooding the market with either cheap goods, cheap labor. And it's like we see it happening right now. Like, you know, this is going to be weird. But in Vegas, it's impossible to make a, a dollar being a uh Vegas showgirl. What do you mean? Like a dancer. Like a stripper? Make no, any? not stripper. We're like, talking actual like little... Like, like, l- Like when you go to a nightclub, you see girls dancing. They don't make any money because all these young girls come in and they do it for nothing because they think, oh, I'll get experience. But by the time they get their experience, they have new young girls coming in, taking all the jobs. And the tips. I mean, there are a lot of good tips and... Yeah, but the still, they're not girls. getting paid anything. Yeah. And then you got comedians the exact same way. These comedy clubs you know there's so many comics that they pay people nothing to do the road. But then guess what? They don't get any good comics, and their businesses fail. And we just see that, that the buyers always try to screw the sellers.
1: Yep. And speaking of Monsanto or, or Dow or Serral Chemical and these groups, they're getting they're benefiting from that agricultural subsidy as well because – Guess who's making the, uh, the pesticides and guess who's making the uh, steroids that they're giving to the ranch animals and the cows and pigs and stuff and the chickens and the antibiotics. And uh, all these drugs that are involved in agribusiness are benefiting from farm subsidies. So it's really an indirect subsidy for big pharma at the same time. And, and they arrange the subsidies in such a way of saying if you have X number of chickens per square feet or whatever, you get more. Uh, so the conditions that are creating the demand for the antibiotics because of the piss poor living condition for some of these animals on factory farms are encouraged by the subsidies themselves because they try and pack in as many as they can because then they get more money and then, and they don't care that they're paying big farmer for the drugs because that's why they're getting more money is because of the farm, they get big farmers lobby on top of the other lobbies. And so it's just a cascade of, uh. A corporate screw job but when you go and you try and 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 talk about reforming farm aid I mean you might as well shoot yourself in the face because a lot of it is there's a huge block of senators because you look at all the square states out Midwest they all have two senators apiece and farm subsidies is a, is a religion there I mean they, they get a they've got a huge block and they can throw their weight around in the Senate and it's just like, I'm not saying get rid of farm subsidies completely. I would like to look at it at a case-by-case basis and do the grown-up thing with real reforms. But you just can't even get that conversation started because you're like, oh, you hate farmers. And they've got the whole Charlotte's Web, which they give the kids, you know, the red barn and the pig. And the. that's not what farms really look like. Very few. Like It's factory farms. If you go and see one. Uh, You might not eat meat anymore. I mean, it's disgusting. I got to get off at
0: meat. I'm like, dude, I have no problem with meat. I just hate how we do it. I don't know how you feed this many people. I don't know how you do it, but I don't like how we treat animals, in particular pigs who are smarter than dogs. And uh, it's just – it's really, really, really rough. But back to this battle.
1: Yeah, but – but they're made of bacon, so
0: I see. It's so funny because you're like, "Oh, these uh, these farms what? are bad," but I love bacon. You know, everybody. Right. Lo- I'm just not. I, are you a bacon guy? Yeah, of course. I ain't a bacon no? guy. Sausage no, ham nothing. I'm not getting sausage, but dude, I'm just not a bacon guy.
1: It's got I to be crispy though. I,
0: I'm just. I know, dude. It's just weird. I'm just not a bacon dude, dude. I'm just so. I probably lose half my listenership now. I can talk <laughs> Do you about hate anything. Cho-
1: do you also hate chocolate and babies and puppies? And-
0: well, I've never eaten a baby <laughs> or a puppy, but uh, <laughs> I do like chocolate. It's very tasty. Um, so this battle happens. We, they're moving people to tents. They're- so,
1: in. so what happened was, and I want to mention this individual, Sid Hatfield, who's famous for the Hatfield-McCoy. Their families are famous for feuding. And one of the Hatfields uh, went down there. He was a, a deputy. Uh, and he went there with a, a sheriff, or he was a sheriff actually. And it was one of the, the cops were murdered by the uh, Baldwin Felt Detective Agency. And so, because they went to confront them, and it turned it into a gunfight. And Hatfield shot two of the uh, de- Baldwin Felt Detectives. And he was kind of a local hero after this. But it turned into this long stint of guerrilla warfare between the miners and baldwin felts and uh their hired guns and of course the uh, stone mountain coal company came in with replacement workers uh to undermine the people who are already living on script and so on a lot of these replacement workers are uh People have a hard time finding jobs somewhere else, like blacks. This is not the 1920s, by the way. I should have opened up with that. This isn't in the 1800s or something. This is in the 1920s, okay? The roaring 20s where the rich people are snorting cocaine and dancing and stuff. The coal miners, you know, when when Silicon Valley told people learn to code, which is a bannable offense on Twitter, (laughs) where they told a bunch of 50-something-year-old coal miners like, oh, yeah, don't worry that your jobs are being undermined. You can just go learn to code. You can go be a graphic designer or something. Oh, my They're God. They're so out of touch with reality. These yeah. people, they live in a little bubble.
0: And it's just like inside each one of us and these fucking nerds who run our third world dictators inside each one of them. Third world dictator little dudes. And we always laugh at the movies where the two nerds from high school are trying to get the hot girl. And we, you know what happened? Those two nerds, they went on, they made an app and now they're trying to control the world through robots and shit. Okay. So fuck them.
1: That's all you I got. Know, it's a lot of beta males for sure. I mean, Ted Kaczynski nailed it down. Everybody should read the Unabomber's Manifesto. I tell people
0: that every day, every day to keep my teeth white, I go read the Unabomber's <laughs> Manifesto. It wouldn't lie align you. This was all predicted. There are now cults that are started because of that guy's teaching. He
1: nailed the psychology of the over-socialized leftists. You got a bunch of beta male and females that need to exercise authority and control other people in a way. Not- it's like the little brother syndrome. There's nothing better they like doing than telling dad on the older brother or older sister. Yeah. And that's what these, these people are like. Oh my gosh, I have no. They feel inferior. They have inferiority or complex. They hate superiority. They hate anything they associate to being superior, whether it's uh, Westernism, uh, masculinity, just being male itself. Like they're denying maleness even now. And they rage against it. And so one of their things is the champion or attach themselves to causes, whether it's minority rights or animal rights or feminism or whatever, but they don't really care about the results of those things. It's just a vehicle for them to exercise. It's a socially acceptable vehicle for them to exercise control over other people. At the root of it, they're just control freaks.
0: And yeah, it's just a circle jerk for them to feel good about themselves. And like in Hollywood, where we have these entitled white actresses who made us all feel like me too is the biggest thing ever. And these girls all go to works and everyone's just beating off in front of them when they're trying to do be in the writer's room. And yet when pedophilia comes up, you don't hear any of these women talking about all this sexual assault going on. They couldn't run quick enough from it because they can't spin pedophilia into a, uh, uh, a, a, a fucking uh, a show, a diversity showcase or a writing gig on a show or somehow into a uh, hundred thousand followers on Twitter. So it doesn't Just matter wait, to them.
1: They'll normalize that too. Just wait. I mean, that's the direction we're going. Uh, you're intolerant of like they'll justify anything by screaming intolerance. Like, oh, we want to give uh, hormones to a six year old. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, you hate trans people. What? Dude! <laughs> When you turn
0: 18, you can just light yourself up with hormones and just be beat down on dick for all day. It's your thing. I don't care. Like, dude, to tell me I should give a 12-year-old hormone therapy is like telling me I should allow 12-year-olds to shoot steroids so they're better at football. You and I both know everyone would be weirded out by that. But for some reason, we just allow this gay lifestyle to be have all this fine print when it comes to children. I am fine. We have a gay pride. It's probably the biggest gay pride out there. Is the one we had yesterday. It's a great time I've been to a bunch of times I mean you
1: already admitted You don't eat bacon So I mean You're on well, that team So yeah, you sure. know I kind of You're just
0: saying I go both ways And I'm fine with that But the point That's is fine. it's <laughs> The truth is It's just like But I don't think Kids could, should be At that gay pride I Just like I don't think Kids should be At Mardi Gras Or New Year's Eve In in, in Vegas or or, or or any of that stuff Where adults are drinking Doing drugs And screwing mm-hmm. Okay Doing adult events Children shouldn't be there Now, if a kid is 15, 16, thinks he's gay, he can go in and learn about it. But he still shouldn't be allowed at adult events. They're adult events. We shouldn't allow that. We have to push back against these trust fund kids whose parents, mother, father, grandparents... All made money in what they're railing against, which is war, uh, propaganda, uh, uh, bigotry, all this shit that we've seen them over and over and over made money, in, and then now they just want to be artistic, so they rail against it. I mean, you should look into some of these people's parents who are on television and see what they're do, and you'll be fucking super shocked by how to show cool.
1: also the control freak nature and how they don't care about results. Like people will preach about how. And it's usually a lot of white people, and they'll say they'll they'll champion the brown or black cause and say, don't be racist and all they're like okay, I understand you uh you care about minorities that's what it is right and then uh they'll support the president invading Libya and killing a hundred thousand people, all of them Africans by the way uh that's okay because they don't really care about black and brown people. what they care about is like looking good to their friends and adopting an ideology it's like Oh yeah, I'm not prejudiced. See how prejudiced, not prejudiced I am. I'm calling other people Nazis, yeah. but it's okay to act like a Nazi and actually go ahead and invade another country and murder everyone. That's all right, as long as you use proper language. And it's so it's so uh, full of hypocrisy. Oh, like for the policies sure. that are actually starving children to death, half of which would be female and gay and this and that and all the categories that they pretend to espouse Give a shit about yeah they, they don't i, I mean the, the roseanne barr story where she does that bit about plan of
0: the apes and we even had a one of my favorite guests was on here and he was kind of taken back when i said you know you make that plan of the apes joke about that woman and you don't realize that that woman was associated with a decision that led to an illegal assassination which has led to open air slave trades in libya and he's like, yeah. "Well, jokes are wrong." I go, "Worse than open day slave trades in ah uh, in 2019." He's like, "Porting al Qaeda, yeah, yeah." And <laughs> just worse like, that? and just like, I put it out on Facebook, and like the amount of shit I took from people going, "Dude, you could defend this as the worst joke ever." Just know this woman has led to open open air slave trades. I see black comedians in Los Angeles doing jokes about buying four hundred dollar slaves yet they act like stuff like blackface and slavery is the worst time in american history and those are ugly things of course but to then sit there and make fun of the fact that people in today breathing the same air that you and i are in the same time are being sold for 400 bucks and you're doing jokes about that it's disgusting
1: There are little six-year-old Iraqi girls dancing for rich Saudi businessmen to adopt them to try and their families were selling them to try and avoid starvation from the sanctions that were being placed on them before the second invasion. And then you get the ultimate of SJW like commie types like Bernie Sanders (laughs) coming in that wanted to invade Iraq in 98 when Clinton was president and slapped on more sanctions after just discovering hundreds of thousands of kids have starved to death. They don't care about you. Like George Carlin said, they don't care at all. It's a facade. It's something they use because it's, it's a way to get people psychologically whipped up and, and feel good about themselves. But in a sense, it's it's a way for them to feel superior. because, like, oh, I get to help these little minority people that can't do it themselves. We're going to send aid to Africa because they don't know how to grow food. Or yeah. whatever. That's the kind of paternalistic BS that goes on internally. And and you can it bears out in conversation and stuff. They're so snobby and so above everyone, and that's that's Silicon, that's Silicon Valley. Like, oh, we know better than you, Ryan. And yet they fall for all the war propaganda and lies and Russia Gate and all the rest of it. Because you know Russia fits the bill. Well, that's a straight white guy, Putin. So he's evil, oh, yeah. uh, no matter what. Yeah, but they want Joe Biden. You know who cares
0: about the people? Tim Foyle hats for the people, dude. We care Mm. about you, dude. We care about about all you guys. (laughs) So when you told me about Hatfields, right, it made me think that this Hatfield versus McCoy, the McCoy, Hatfield versus McCoy. McCoy, McCoy. We're basically just a propaganda to demonize this guy into thinking he's some hillbilly redneck that's fighting with some other hillbilly redneck family and to basically hijack this dude's place in history.
1: It demonizes them both. And Sid Hatfield stood up to these Baldwin Feltz uh, detectives. They're thugs is what they are. Who are throwing families out of homes and forcing them into tents and sometimes just straight up homeless. They just replaced them and pushed them out. And it got worse and worse. I mean, you've got children forced into mines. They're living in tents. They're paid in script. They're slave. I mean, what are they supposed to do? They made them sign these things called yellow dog contracts, right? Oh, my God. And- the word yellow in the, in the 1920s, I mean, you may have even seen it in, like, Fred Flintstone and stuff. Like, calling someone yellow or yellow-bellied or whatever is is calling them a coward. Yes. And it was really offensive. It's like the N-word today. Like, oh, you yellow or something? It was, like, a very triggering term. Now, you don't hear that so much. But And a dog, same thing. Like, a dog, like, beaten like a dog. You're a servant. So they made him sign these yellow dog contracts. Like, you're not going to get up at all. You're not going to unionize, you're not going to issue any demands. You're just gonna work. Go in and get the coal you pleb and these and they enforced it with these private detective agencies and thugs and and they always make sure and they'll shift the poor people around and get them to fight each other so if if it's poor blacks, they'll move in um, the Chinese in there and replace them. and if it's the poor whites, they'll move blacks or Chinese in the, and they'll shift one group over another. And get them hating each other, like, oh, these damn so-and-sos came in here yeah. and took our mining jobs or whatever. But it's just poor on poor. But these guys saw through that. They they uh, united with the replacement workers. They got their guns. They actually took a Gatlin gun out of the—they uh, stole it from the company store. <laughs> so they had one machine gun. But they had a lot of guns, and a lot of these guys are World War One veterans. This often happens where veterans come—you know, they fight in one war— and then later, you'll see them rise up. And they had some training. They had some self-confidence. And they're like, we're not going to take this anymore. And the guerrilla warfare was going on and on. And then finally, Sid Hatfield, unarmed, in a courthouse, was shot in the back. They oh, killed my him. God. And that's what triggered this event where all these, I'll call them rednecks because this is what they call themselves. They had the red bandanas because they're going to be fighting mind to mind up the mountain. And it gets dark and smoky, and they put these red, like, handkerchiefs around their necks uh, so they could tell each other apart from the scabs that were being brought in and the, and the mercenaries. And they're fighting with the federal government. They sent federal troops in there to fight with these miners, and there's thousands of them. And Over how funny a is that? Are fired.
0: That they basically demonize rednecks now by making you associate it with stupid, brain uh, alcoholic, drug addicts, when in reality it represented uh, like the rebellion and the These push- are
1: people fighting for labor rights.
0: Pu- fighting for labor rights. Think about that. Think about how atrocious we think it. Veterans. Was. That, that to be, I mean, in this town where the, the acting union is fighting for, you know, peanuts at the fucking uh, uh, at, at the food court and and, and, and craft services, you know, and, and now we have this demonization of rednecks be, because the the people who cr- write our history don't want you to know that it actually represents people who push back.
1: Well, you know, it's mostly veterans. And they're using their uh, uh, Springfield rifles and shotguns. And there was a, I think he was Baptist, but there was a anyway, there was some reverend or pastor. Wow. His name was John Wilberg. I remember that, but I don't remember what sect. But it doesn't matter. It's this Christian preacher said it's time to lay down the Bible and take up the rifle. So they they put down the the brainwashing book that said obey obey. They picked up the gun, and they fought, and one million rounds and they started and they were winning in the beginning they were getting territory because they had that machine gun and one of the uh, Gatlin guns on the other side jammed and that's all it's about like one Gatlin gun can suppress you know unlimited number of rifles pretty much and uh, these are the things that were using Gettysburg they they start gaining ground and so the government brings in more troops and they even brought in the Air Force they're dropping pipe bombs from airplanes on these people, on uh, Americans.
0: And,
1: yeah, American this is the American military. Air Force fighting American uh, armed civilians that were fighting for their rights. Do and that's what I,
0: Yeah, and that's what I keep telling these people. I'm like, dude, you are watching the systematic slow ban of guns by the left, who are women and gays who are really pushing this, and beta males. Well, guess what, dude? The people, come, and you just, they just want cops to have guns. Even though three years ago or four years ago, they were telling me how bad it is that cops are shooting unarmed Americans. Right? So now you, you want to be, you want to give them the guns? And guess what? When the revolution comes and it will come, when you, there's a wake up time where people are tired and they push back, who will be sent to crack and crush the resistance? Cops. So we have these modern, we we have brown shirts. It's always brown shirts. We have, my cousin is a cop. My grandfather was a cop. Okay, I respect cops, but make no doubts about it. Cops are the ones who are going to come to crack your skulls when you push back against the power elites.
1: Well, that's what happened here was the police, with the exception of these two Chad sheriffs, the Hatfields that you know were, were police, but said, hey, you can't treat people like this and just evict them that's what they did so they these uh unions amassed about 10,000 men this is a 10,000 man rebellion that's how bad it was they're sick of it and they're willing to die for this and but the you know the other side has the air force and machine guns they got them outgunned uh completely and they're trying to go up a mountain which is a difficult thing to do and which is blair mountain and uh, the Battle of Blair Mountain is David Rorvik has a song about it, and there's tunes in West Virginia about it and stuff. But br- going back to redneck, they were known as the redneck army because of the bandanas they tied around their necks. That's what ev- that's what they were called and referred to. And then slowly, redneck just got morphed into like country bumpkin, hillbilly cousin fucker, yeah, cousin fucking racist or something like that, <laughs> uh, something derogatory and negative. But the redneck army was standing up to the federal government to try and get better labor rights for themselves and their children.
0: So if That's they lost, they how did that happen?
1: Uh, they would end up uh, – it was a pirate victory for the government. And so the, the coal miners would lose in the sense of you know, they didn't win on the battlefield. But they made it difficult enough. Uh, And that uh, it was worth it in the long run. They would end up getting the labor rights that they were demanding. All these people that got arrested, all of them got acquitted. Uh, So because they saw it and say, look, if we don't, if capitulate to their demands, they're not going to stop. Because what happens is like, okay, we stop fighting. We're just not going to work then, Uh, which is what they probably should have done is boycott. But You know, they would bring in replacement workers, but they had to have something bad enough to where whoever they brought in would still disagree because they know, hey, you do that. We're going to fight you. And so uh, violence was the way to resolve things. And it worked. They got their eight hour day. They got paid in real money. Um, Most of their demands were met, but it took a long time. It wasn't until about the 1930s that it would all get sorted out. Um, And there were other rebellions in other parts of the country. But it took men with guns rising up and, and dying and fighting for labor rights for labor rights to change. It wasn't uh, protesting in the street with a pink hat on or whatever. like that didn't do anything.
0: Or marching for uh, some reason you don't even know. I mean, literally women were marching in these women's march, and they don't even know what they were asking for. They literally marched and they didn't ask for one thing. See, here's the thing that people got to understand. If if the system could still function with them coming in and cracking all of our skulls, they would have done it already. But it doesn't. They need it to be a fine tuned machine where we buy their products and buy their products and buy their products so they make their money, but they need it... But they need to have us think it's this facade of freedom and stuff like that. Because the minute the facade washes away and we're going to do an episode on how the cia created uh you know art, this art movement that seemed like a rebel against the the powers that be of the government so we seem like we were better than communism which we are okay we are but it wanted to have the allure they wanted everybody to know that capitalism is better than communism because look at how these artists can make fun of the people at the top but this is all an illusion And this illusion is as long as you keep buying stuff and keep doing stuff, the illusion keeps going and they need the illusion to keep going because the minute the illusion goes away and everyone goes, Hey, and stops the whole thing crashes and they don't want that. So anytime there's a pushback, they have to concede because if we really actually woke up and saw what was going on, we would all go nuts. So we they have to keep the illusion going, which is
1: concede when we really push back hard. Like the push to go hey, you want to prove you're not a redneck wear one of these $75 t-shirts yeah, you know, like, right? that this artist is promoting you know, like they want to. it's a way yeah it's a way to climb out of that because you yeah, the redneck culture too i mean these are hard working people they we needed coal and we needed all these businesses that these people were involved in logging etc um but it was looked down upon it's like oh you don't want to be doing that um and a way of separating yourself from that group because it has all these other negative stereotypes and connotations on it is like through gear, you know, through clothing, through things to be like, oh look, I look at me, look at how I'm dressed, look at what I'm wearing, look at my brands, look at my car, look at this. It was uh, status through wealth, not through merit, not through something in- personal, not through creativity, intelligence, or anything from yourself. It's just purchasable status. For sure, where you don't you don't have to earn it. It's not based on your skills or anything. It's just based on, like, look what I can acquire.
0: And if you look at a lot of these, uh, these like, our pop culture people, take a look at how many of them are the kids of the famous. This Carla, uh, what's her name, Del Rey? What's the girl who's in the new commercial with um the guy from Thirty Seconds to Mars, what is her? She's like credited with the worst performance ever in Saturday Night Live uh, history. Doing, but anyways, Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey, like she's a rich kid. Her parents are super high up. Taylor Swift, her dad came in and bought the record label and made them promote her. I mean, like we see it over and over again, and we salute and we worship these people when they they've done nothing to earn it. Like, they, you never hear their stories about struggle or anything like that. But we just buy into because they have access to the stuff. But the minute we push back, the whole thing falls down. That's why, like, when they wanted to go to war with Iran, there was a giant pushback like, no more war. If there was a pushback, we would be in Iran right now. And I don't know if we're not, yep. but from what we're told, we would be in there.
1: Yeah, they want war with Iran for sure. They're still looking for a pretext to do that. It's for pretty sure. much undoable, though. Iran is a much stronger than Iraq was. Um, Iraq had been already been invaded once twice. They had a huge war with Iran, then there's the first Gulf War, then all the sanctions, then the second war, and it was like the whole world versus Iraq. Iran isn't softened up like that. It's much bigger territory, you got eighty million people. The US hasn't fought a force of that size since the Korean War no, that was only half of, since World War Two. I mean, so that's just yeah, the United States would win, but we'd lose tens of thousands of men. And I don't think the U.S. can stomach that because why? Well, Iran's not a threat to America. Israel wants us to go to war with Iran, but that's not a good reason for me. But well, that's what they're going to use as propaganda anyway. That's all i got going to fight
0: with my friend over that. He goes, Israel has the right to defend itself. And whenever I hear that, I mean, it's Israel on the has the right <laughs> to get us to fight for its wars. And I have yeah. nothing against Israel. I, I see Israel like the United States in which I know a lot of Israelis. And they're bombarded with propaganda just yeah. like us. And it's like we get f- revved up that these people hate us. And they hate our freedoms. And, you know, the Israelis, when they talk about Palestinians, they talk in terms of animals because they've been bombarded with propaganda saying the Palestinians want to kill all them. And I would, and in my opinion is we had Alex Jones on, you could say whatever you want about him, but he sat there and said that Israel created Hamas. Once again, we're looking at controlled opposition. So when I hear they're hot, they're fucking flying like bombs into it. They're shooting rocket launches. Who's shooting it? Why would Hamas shoot that when their people can't even get electricity? What are we doing? All you're doing is provoking an over-fucking-reaching response from Israel, which is what they want. Mm. That's my Hamas
1: opinion. was a, israel didn't create Hamas. Israel allowed Hamas to be formed and allowed its financing. But Hamas was, a, was formed as a reaction to Israel's own behavior. But Israel favored Hamas over the PLO. They wanted the extremists. That's the kind of enemy they need. They can't deal with the PLO. They can't deal with that. They want someone, uh, the law style, for lack of better words, (laughs) to fire one rocket to a field, which then they can say, aha, and now we're going to go in with F-15s and blow up residential zones, you know?
0: Yeah, but isn't that the same way you'd say... uh Al Qaeda was for, fun- I mean, like they had those war
1: leaders and they funded them. And, you know, we see. Uh- Al Qaeda, well, Al Qaeda was more directly. Um- morphed out of the Mujahideen, which was armed and financed by the United States and Saudi Arabia. Right, right,
0: right. Which is the same thing going on with Hamas. I mean, like, they were funded, weapons were getting there. Like, people keep telling me they're shooting rockets. Dude, they can't even get electricity or water in there. They're getting rocket launchers in there? I mean, it's like, come on, man. I don't know.
1: They're not rocket launchers. These are homemade, like, spud gun-type rockets. They're completely useless. Um, but it, they know their their strategy is nothing else has worked. So if we can get Israel to overreact, you know, maybe they they feel like they need to resist somehow. I mean, the, there are house demolitions in the West Bank. There, the Gaza's locked under a blockade. Uh, Israel can turn the power off, then can turn the water off, flood their streets with sewage. They they can do any matter of, of inhumane act they feel like including murdering their kids, shooting fishermen, mining things, blowing up. They blew up the university. They blow up their hospitals. They can do anything they want. So desperate people are just going to fire back hopelessly. You know, They're sending kites and things like that. That's the kind of resistance they have. They'll come in mass, unarmed, to the border, knowing that Israel's going to shoot some of them. But Palestinians are showing the world that life doesn't matter if you don't have freedom. Like they're just, they're like, yeah, I, I know I could get shot, but we have to resist them, because if we don't resist them, wow. you're still in the same situation, it's still gonna rule every aspect of your life,
0: I'd and they use them for cheap from- labor.
1: You know, it's disgusting, and we're subsidizing the whole thing, and like, and that's why you're gonna, that's the recruiting point, like talking point for Al Qaeda. They'll take a legitimate grievance towards Zionists or something. Uh, the treatment of Palestinians, whatever, as a way of gathering young Muslims to their side. But once they got them in, then then the deep brainwashing continues. They're like, yeah, why don't you just blow up a, a plane full of civilians or something like which isn't going to do any good. It just makes it worse in the entire Middle East. Like, violence begets violence in this case. There are rare uh, situations where it's like, you know what? We've tried every peaceful means, and there's nothing else left. And that's when you need to, to pick up the gun. But you also got to realize that doesn't mean that's a, a go-to solution for everything. Most of the time, violence makes things worse, for especially sure. when the other side has you outgunned. You better think of something else.
0: And that's why I tell everybody about this country. It's like, look at what happens when one side has guns, the other side doesn't have guns. And the worst thing about the Palestinians and Israelis is genetically, they're pretty much the same. They have the same the genetics. Hebrews, yeah. And it's just the truth. And it's just like, I think the Hebrews, and I think the Palestinians are just victims of and they're just pawns into these higher ups that just want to control that land bridge from fucking China and Africa or uh, Asia and Africa to uh, Europe. Uh,
1: maybe well, I'm- Hebrew Jews and Palestinians were living in Palestine for 3000 years. It's all these European Jews that came there in the 1930s and 40s the Ashkenazis and the rest of it from Poland and wherever else with blue eyes and stuff like they have no genetic roots to the land. Not that that ought to matter, but um, they use God as a real estate agent and it's like, okay, but you don't exclusively have this for your tribe. They're the Philistines and all they've been there too.
0: Armenians are there. There's a lot of Armenians in Israel and they're getting shot. It's just like, it's just over this crazy shit that I just think it's all just, A fucking mindfuck.
1: Yes, it is. It's terrible. But, you know, it's made worse because much larger states like America or the UK are exacerbating the situation by sending in more money and guns. It makes it unresolvable. You know, they make sure it's a balancing act. Oh, yeah, we're going to give you just enough to keep it level so that you fight with each other. And they do this all throughout the Middle East. We'll side with the Sunni, and then we'll change and side with the Shia. And then we'll change and side with the Kurds. And it's just a game of making sure whoever would have lost, we we support them enough so they can't win and they don't lose. It's perpetual conflict, and that's what's good for the military-industrial conflict. The the MIC wants war, especially uh, manageable, small-arms-style wars. They're not. They don't want to give them planes or or stingers or anything like that. But if they have small arms, so it's not going to get back to the United States, and, other than through terrorism. So be it. And they arm them to the teeth. Those ISIS got its guns from the United States. He got the trucks Al-Nusra too. HTS. Yeah, all those Toyotas. Like that oh, was part of the Oh, and by the way, family.
0: Rihanna Rihanna was banging the guy selling Al Qaeda. I mean ISIS, all their trucks. I mean like. It's just like it's it's just ridiculous, man. I get I get you like bad boys, but a dude who gives trucks to ISIS. I mean, and you know the whole thing was sold to, uh, on Trump was that Trump was going to put an end to this, and you know that he had military industrial uh, intelligence behind him because they were tired of sending our sons and daughters into wars. And in reality, it's like there could be a war between the CIA and the NSA, which is like. That's a possibility. But at the end of the day, it's just business as usual. Trump
1: reduced it in Syria, but everywhere else, he he just maintained the status quo or made it worse. Like the Iran propaganda is ramped up under Trump. uh, And things are worse for Palestinians under Trump. And he just sent $2 billion worth of weapons to Taiwan. Gee, I wonder what – nothing could go wrong there, right? Let's mess with China. Great idea. He's been bad, but on Syria, I guess because he's pretty much a Zionist on everything except that. And I think it's because, you know, living in New York and everything, he's he's got a hard time swallowing the pill of let's aid Al-Qaeda, right? So he's just kind of let that be. and. But Syria's yet he gave Saudi over.
0: Arabia uh, weapons, and we all know they funded
1: 9-11. He allowed Saudi Arabia money to buy weapons. And yeah, they, exactly. That's true. <laughs> That is true. I don't think he connects that though. Uh, like, let me ask you know. something.
0: Your thoughts on China being able to control a Port in Israel is that a sign that Israel's starting to play the other uh, both sides of the ball?
1: Israel's always sold uh, U.S. R&D to China for a lucrative uh, amount of money. So almost all of uh, China's fighter jets, for example, are just uh, reverse-engineered tech from the United States, which is sold to them by the Israelis, which we give the Israelis under the condition that, obviously, you're not supposed to sell it to the Chinese, and they do it anyway. And China has realized, if you want to steal from the United States, just go through Israel. Because as long as you incorporate Israel into your crimes... The U.S. media won't touch it. Whatever you want to do, if you want to run guns to Al-Qaeda, if you want to do any kind of criminal activity, just make somebody in Israel your partner, and the U.S. will leave it alone. Because they can't go after you without condemning their masters. And so, APAC has such a stranglehold on Congress. Mafia used to do this all the time. They figured a long time ago, you want to bring drugs in the United States? Involve the Israelis, and they won't touch you. I and mean, it's true.
0: Wow. So were there other battles, real quick? Like, what were there other battles like this battle, to control uh, to fight oh, absolutely. back? Absolutely,
1: not to the point where they brought in the air force, but um, the Colorado Coalfields War of uh, nineteen thirteen and fourteen was pretty huge. Had over uh, twelve hundred people. I think uh, one hundred ninety nine people died in that one. How many and it died was in similar this one? Similar situation. The National Guard. Was fighting with the coal miners, um, just no. straight up shot them, forced them into tents, all the same thing, you know. How um, many people died in, in, in this battle? In what this what battle? In the in first Blair, no, Blair, yeah the Blair. He's, how many? Oh Blair Mountain, they don't even know, like <laughs> they don't know. It's um the stuff. Don't read Wikipedia or whatever either, because that's that's crap. You know, they didn't bother to count. A lot of them, they're up in the mountain, and they're it's going. They put up breastworks all over the place, and you know, as people got shot, their their uh, Union cohorts would would um, take them and bury them and stuff. But there was no accounting afterward. Like this is how little these people mattered to the government. Like I'm sure they know and they wrote it down, but it never. This thing has been so whitewashed from history books. You know, it's just what we know is. Is what we can say, but you know, I, I, it's like how many Americans died in World War Two. I'm sure that stat's out there, but I don't know if it's off the top of my head. We know how many Jews died. We know how many. We don't know how many our own died. <laughs> like that's just not a uh, something that that matters. And so I don't know how many rednecks were killed. I don't. I don't think it was the death count was as high as a uh, Colorado though. I think it was more of just like, um. A longer battle with more shooting and and wounding and so on, but um not as many deaths. The Gatlin guns firing a much smaller caliber at a much higher speed, so you got a lot of wounded more than dead, but you're still out so but they definitely died and you know and then and before that they're already homeless or living in tents, so this is the situation, and that script thing people have to realize that's slavery way after the Civil War, being paid in script and buying from the company store it's insane but that's what they did to these people and these proletariats working class people working class white people um, beyond having no sympathy were demonized like they're the bad guy for trying to get everyone else labor rights and so you had another uprising in uh, in Tennessee I mean you could go all the way back to Shays Rebellion of the 1780s I suppose but uh armed conflict has always been the threat imagine if we didn't have guns we never would have gotten rid of script like, it would still be like that because there's no, like what are you going to do? the I fact that they people. got guns after World War I and they kept their rifles and their shotguns was why they were able to fight back at all it took until that point right after the World War where these people kept their guns that they had the ability to rebel and fight for uh, labor that they were supposed to already have for the rights for labor, excuse me, without guns, I mean, maybe by now it would have changed, but they have total control over you you'd have to it it would take it takes a war losing a war to shake the policies and politics enough for them to give you like basic health care rights or something which the u s still doesn't have, you know, and it, it's such a bureaucracy, it's not as direct as like well. Those men over there kicked us out of our tent. When it comes to health care, there's no one you can point a gun at. It's just this large sea of bureaucracy and red tape and the nobody seems to be responsible it's just the system whatever well you
0: can't even get it started we had a chance obama was going to do it but i remember when the conversations happened obama jumped on a plane and went to germany for two weeks to give discussions while we were debating his health care stuff and when they tried to have health care things uh health care discussions Ah, uh, the healthcare department would just send in moles that would scream and shout, and wouldn't let anyone discuss. So it's just—it's going to take a momentous amount of effort to do this. Do you think that can happen? Do you see anything changing, or or what? At the end of the day, happens.
1: The tactic that they're using now with healthcare, just like they get people to argue about religion or argue about race, is they try—they're trying to pit. Like, uh, they'll say, um, free market versus socialism, whatever. And that's not, that's not our healthcare system is neither. It's like the worst of both worlds actually, but they want people to break it down like that. And they get stuck in these loopy arguments about how to pay for overpriced industries, uh, through taxes or whatever. They always comes down, they act like it's insurance and it's not, it's not an insurance problem, but that's, they frame the debate on healthcare in such a way. So let's say the left will go around and say, okay, healthcare is unaffordable. So we'll make the government pay for it, or your employer will pay for it, or your insurance will pay for it, or whatever. And we're going to throw in all this tax money uh, from, we'll tax the rich, or whatever they say, which is bull. And we'll use that money to pay for healthcare. Not looking at, well, why is it so damn expensive in the first place? And the reason it's so expensive is because we don't have a free market. We have a very controlled, overregulated market that won't allow you to buy insurance from a different state. You can only buy it from your little local uh, region, which causes a monopoly. Uh, there's t- tailored regulations on uh, pharmaceutical drugs, so they can change one little isotope and get another 12 years of patent for something, so there's no generics, no market competition for drugs that ought to be that there are in other places. Uh, you, even with Medicare and Medicaid, uh, this, they cannot negotiate uh, yeah. with the state to lower the prices yeah. because of regulations that forbid it. Whereas in other countries, they, they have rigorous market competition and negotiations to lower the price so that even if you're going to have the government pay, at what amount, right? you got to have somebody in there pushing the price down. But we've made that illegal. Yeah. So it's like if you don't fix those things first, I don't want the government paying for it because it'll be it'd be trillions of dollars. Like you've got to fix it from the bottom before you argue about how much you should pay out of pocket or how much the state should pay or how much whatever. I like the Japanese system, the 70-30. That way you don't you don't want the hospital to say, Oh, the government's paying? Well, this is the new price then, because it's definitely gonna go up. But if you have at least some portion of it coming from the consumer that isn't a heavy burden, then they have enough incentive to shop around at least on frivolous cases and stuff. Where they don't just old people go to the hospital for attention and things like that that do happen. Like There's a lot of different little small cuts that cause prices to rise. And you get rid of all of them uh, the way the Japanese have done it with a 70-30 system where it's partially paid by you, majority paid by your universal health care. Um, and then you can still buy private insurance on top of that.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, it's I, like hamburgers, I dude. If you want a dollar hamburger, there's a dollar hamburger. If you want to pay yep. $16 for a hamburger, there's a $16 hamburger. Buy what you can afford, but you should be able to afford a hamburger.
1: But if the government's going to pay for it, no one's going to eat hamburgers. Everyone's going to go get a steak.
0: Yeah.
1: But if everyone's going to go get a steak, the price of steaks is going to go up. And up and up, and to where you have to have the government pay for it, or no one can have a stake. And that's kind of how healthcare is. Like it's so expensive that unless you qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, it, you can't afford it. Even if you have insurance, like you could be very wealthy and lose, you know, two thirds of your income if you have someone in your family gets cancer or something. You and the price changes depending on how much you have. It's like how much you got? Well, that's now that the price is reflective of of whatever you earn. There isn't just like how much does it cost for an x-ray? 20 bucks or something. No, 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 How much you got? Oh, you're wealthy? Well, that'll be $200 x-ray. Yeah. Like, they raise the price. You know, they, you ought to have fixed prices.
0: But some like, regulation, you also don't want price. a janky-ass surgeon, janky-ass operation right a little bit of regulation you know of also course. don't want mcdonald's what i'm well, saying yeah, like yeah. a
1: little bit no that's what i'm saying just a little well, bit just yeah to make i mean sure. like, like you, you
0: don't just want fucking wild yeah. west yeah. you don't want
1: to go to T- might as well go to tg we want regulations but we don't want the regulations we want protections we have. there we go yeah yeah this that's the kind of other thing the problem is uh deregulation versus regulation stop with that okay be specific which regulation like these regulations are bad these regulations are good. it depends on what the regulation actually says. But you get all these people that just join a camp like, oh deregulation is horrible. No not always. sometimes they're getting rid of a bad regulation you know that, that is used as, as protectionist policies for mercantilism. On the other hand, some you don't want no regulations. I mean you got, but everyone's just like polarizing this one or that one and it needs to be like it needs to be addressed on a case-by-case mm-hmm. basis and everybody wants to have this like formula you know like so they don't have to think just no way yep. that's reg. what they want to that take, is how it is get rid
0: of of common sense and thinking hey ryan we got a jam uh, our time here is uh coming up i think i i i can't thank you enough for always coming on the show showing up in a bathrobe not <laughs> wearing pants let me but. know that you all. Oh, and, dude, you are thug life, dude. Thug <laughs> <Supporting> life. <laughs> my rednecks, man.
1: Supporting my rebellions, too. I got a rebel flag behind me. They've demonized the hell out of that also. Yeah. Well, right. I'm not letting them take it from us. I'm dude. like, man, you're not going to associate that with the clan or any other ridiculous crap. Like, uh, come uh, on.
0: It's just stupid. People just get mad at stupid shit. It's just stupid. I mean, like, we celebrate St. Paddy's Day, and that's ethnic cleansing. They pick and choose the (laughs) bullshit that they want. Uh,
1: Self-righteous behavior. That's why I implore you, read the Unabomber's Manifesto. I would love to do a show about that. Like, just let's read it. We did one before, but
0: I want to do it again with you. You're the best, Ryan XG. Thank you, Aaron. Stop with your oppression and telling us to get out of this studio. I love you, Aaron. I love you guys. Thank you so much, Ryan, and we'll see you guys soon. Take care, everybody. Bye.